Johnny pulled on his dad's hand, but that hand didn't budge. His parents were still standing there by the railing, taking in the sight that is the Grand Canyon, and Johnny couldn't see why. He had seen it. He'd remember it. It was great. He loved it, but now it was time to get back to the campground playground and play with the kids he had met at the campsite next to his families. It was time to go. Tim tapped away on his iPod touchscreen. He was a little bit bored, but, you know, sitting on this bench playing on his iPod was better than going into another museum exhibit that he didn't want to see. He had been really excited, and he loved that exhibit about the airplanes. He learned a lot, and it was great. But after his family went through that, they went through another exhibit, and another, and another, and another, and another, and he couldn't take one more exhibit about something boring and read all the signs top to bottom. It was time to go home. He'd seen what he came for. Harry doodled in the, in the margins of his notepad and, and wondered, how can this seminar still be going on? The keynote speaker was great. He learned a lot and he was going to put that to work once he got back to the office. It was going to be wonderful, but it felt like the organizers of this event were trying to fill a day rather than just getting the important stuff said and calling it. I think all of us here today have felt like these guys at some point, right? That it's a really frustrating feeling, that feeling of, all right, I'm done, can we just go? But someone or something is holding you back. That feeling of being ready to go can be a really relieving feeling, though, too. Maybe you experienced it already pretty recently with your Christmas shopping. Maybe there was that toy that you needed to find, and you knew it was in that store, but you just couldn't find it. And then, aha, there it finally is in that aisle. Now you can finally check out and go home and put your feet up and call it a day. Or maybe it was for your Christmas baking, there was that obscure baking ingredient that you know was at no frills, but you just didn't know what aisle it was in and all those yellow bags looked the same. But then you find it, you can go home. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. We experience these same feelings in our spiritual lives as well. We know we need to find comfort somewhere, and until then, we can't have peace. In today's Gospel, we have the examples of Simeon and Anna, two outstanding believers, and we learn from them that we've already seen it all. So let's take a look at that. It probably seemed like a pretty normal day at the temple when Joseph and Mary brought baby Jesus to present him. This was a normal thing for a Jewish couple to do, bring an offering of doves after the baby was born. And they probably weren't the only couple doing it. It was just another day at the temple. But this wasn't just another day for Simeon. The Holy Spirit had moved him to be there that day, and, and Simeon was an outstanding believer. We know that, because Luke tells us in the Bible. But maybe he wasn't the priest or, or temple official that we like to picture him as. He was, you know, just a good believer. He was looking forward to the consolation of Israel, 
Luke tells us. And that means he was looking forward to the Savior. A lot of people at his time thought they were looking for a Savior who would maybe free them from, from Roman rule or maybe even restore the land that Israel used to own to the nation. Simeon knew there was a bigger problem, though, than Israel's political discomfort. He was looking forward to the Savior who would restore humanity's lost relationship with God. Today was really special because that Savior was coming in. So when Mary and Joseph brought that baby in, an ordinary-looking baby, Simeon ran over and grabbed the baby and started praising God. Our other example, Anna, was there that day too. And she has no less amazing of a story. She had only been married seven years when her husband died. And people back then, especially women, tended to get married very young. So she was probably still very young when she became a widow. I think most young people who would be widowed or lose a spouse might look to someone or something else to, to fill that hole. Maybe she'd want to get remarried. Maybe she'd move back in with family and spend time with her parents. But that's not what she did. Instead, she dedicated her life to God. She spent day and night in the temple worshiping and praising, waiting for the Savior. She knew what was important, what was going to fill that hole in her life. So then, this day, when Mary and Joseph brought the baby in, she too ran over and saw him and started praising God. Simeon, when he started praising God, he had, he had some words that are, are maybe a little scary for us. He said, this child will be a sign that re will reveal the hearts of many. So people's reactions to Jesus vary pretty greatly. He's kind of a litmus test. He shows what's in your heart. Some people outright reject him and say, no, I don't want any of that. I won't have him. Other people cling to him. Some people are grateful and thankful for what he's done and other people kind of wish he was something else, wish he would give them something more or something different or, or be more spectacular, something like that. What's your reaction going to be? What is it now? What does your reaction to Jesus show about what's in your heart? If you're feeling uncomfortable right now, you're probably not alone. As humans, we're we're sinful people. We're not faithful like we know we should be all the time. This is why we know we need to find peace somewhere. And unfortunately, a lot of the time, we look to all the wrong places. Think about the hustle and bustle at the temple that day. It's an ordinary day at the temple. Things are busy. People are bringing their sacrifices. People are going in for worship. The priests and Levites are going about their daily business. People probably didn't even notice that prophecy was being fulfilled right before their eyes. The very Savior that this temple was built to worship was being brought in. Yeah, in the unexpected bundle of a baby. But he was being brought in and people probably didn't even notice. Today we've got a lot of hustle and bustle too. 
We've got all sorts of things buzzing around in our minds. Maybe, maybe for that piece, we, we look to materialism. At this time of year, we exchange a lot of wonderful gifts. It's easy to get caught up in that. Maybe we go exactly the opposite direction and throw all those things away and, and say, I'm just going to live on the bare necessities and that way I'll be closer to myself and, and I'll have a better experience and find peace that way in myself. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's entertainment. Maybe it's working a lot for charity or donating. There's a lot of things, a lot of good things that buzz around in our daily lives and distract us. That day, in an ordinary baby, the Savior of the world came into the temple. And today, I have an ordinary book. It doesn't look very fancy, and I'm sure baby Jesus didn't look very fancy either. But just like in that bundle of a baby boy, the Savior of the world who reconciles humans to God was contained in the pages of this book that message of salvation is also held for us to see. So Simeon recognized this through his faith and and with the Holy Spirit's help. He saw that the long-expected Savior came in that unexpected package of a baby. And we, through our eyes of faith, we see... That in this ordinary book, we have the extraordinary message of God, that we're saved. When he held his Savior in his arms and looked at him with his own eyes, Simeon couldn't hold his praise in anymore. He burst out and he said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. This is a song of freedom. He's not walking around the source holding his flyer that says this, this device is 50% off and, and looking for it anymore. He's not searching anymore. He has it. He's seen it. It's there. When Anna saw Jesus with her own eyes too, her reaction was the same. She praised God, and Luke tells us that she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So Simeon and Anna know, that, know what this Savior means. They know that he is here to fix their problem of sin. They know that now that they've seen him, they're confident and sure that they can go home to heaven eventually. And in the meantime, they can't hold it in. They spread the news to everyone. Anna was talking to all around her. At the end of this section, Luke writes, And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. That short sentence is all Luke has to say about Jesus' life from 40 days to 12 years old. In a way, it's really the end of the Christmas account. This is all he has to say about baby Jesus. 
This time of year, and at the end of December, when all the presents have been unwrapped, maybe the tree's put away already, maybe you're already halfway spent your gift cards, it's easy to feel like Christmas is over. And maybe it is, but in this passage, Luke is looking forward to Jesus' life. That baby boy is going to grow up to be the man, the God, who is going to take, carry out that ministry live that perfect life, die that innocent death, and rise again for us. So even though the Christmas season is over, we're celebrating something that's permanent, something that lasts forever. We know that we can go home. We know that we'll go to heaven. And in the same way, I think that we're going to want to share that message too. So if you think about Johnny, he saw the Grand Canyon. Yeah, he saw it a little quicker than it took his parents to see it, but do you think when he gets home he's going to keep his mouth shut to his friends about what he saw? Absolutely not. He's going to tell them, I saw this, it's amazing, you need to go see it for yourselves because a picture does not do it justice. If you've been there, you know. The Niagara Falls is the same way, right? Pictures don't do it justice. You need to be there. Or Tim. Yeah, he was bored with all those extra exhibits that his parents dragged him through, but that airplane exhibit, the thing that he really wanted to see, learned a lot and was excited about it. Do you think when he gets back home, he's not going to tell his friends about all the neat things he learned about airplanes? What about Harry? Yeah, maybe that presentation went on a little bit longer than he would have liked, but the keynote speaker was really good. He learned a lot, a lot of things that are going to be really beneficial for work. When he gets home, don't you think he'll share that with the rest of the people at his office so that everyone can benefit from it? Friends, in the Bible, we've seen something that's more beautiful than the Grand Canyon or the Niagara Falls. We've learn something that's more amazing than anything you could ever learn about an airplane. We've heard a message that's way more beneficial than anything you'd ever see at a business seminar. Are we going to keep our mouths shut about that? I don't think so. Let's not do that. The best part of this is that maybe, you know, Tim and and Harry and, and Johnny saw it and we're done but we have a message that's so amazing we can't stop going back to it we don't want to get tired of looking at it we don't get tired of looking at it it's something that's so beautiful that we never get sick and tired of seeing or hearing more about it we've seen it all we've seen the thing that we need we've seen our savior who fixes our relationship with God and now friends we know that we can go home to heaven to be with God. And in the meantime, let's get out there and spread the news so more people can feel that same joy we feel. Amen.